At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. You did find us once again. Glad you did. Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, Kelly Bidlin. It is primetime action on a Wednesday night from the South Point Hotel Casino. Whole bunch of guests tonight. Eric Eager will talk to us from Pro Football Focus. We'll talk NFL with him. Pete Futak from College Football News on College Football a little later on. Tim Murray and Sean King. A little crosstalk. A little old radio, old school crosstalk, Kelly. Nicely done. Very anxious to talk to them later yeah, on. Yeah, man. Host of the Nightcap. Um, but a whole bunch of uh, football props to get through. Thursday night football preview. Last winless team. Updated NFL win totals. We'll do all that. But first, another big night in baseball. 705 Eastern, 405 Pacific Red Sox and the Orioles, Eovaldi versus Lothar. Eovaldi and the Red Sox, minus 265 favorites. Big, big favorites there, plus 215 on the Orioles if you want the underdog. Yankees and the Blue Jays, Garrett Cole, Jose Barrios. What a matchup tonight. And Gil, mm-hmm. coin flippy, minus 110 on both sides over at DraftKings in this matchup. Coin flippy and Cy Young implications. And Cy Young implications abound for sure. Uh, We got the Marlins and the Mets in a game that does not matter. Taiwan Walker for the Mets is a minus 180 favorite, plus 155. On the Marlins, Phillies, Aaron Nola, Max Freed for the Braves. Braves and Freed, minus 145, plus 125 on Nola and the Phillies as underdogs there. We got the Tigers and the Twins, Casey Mize, Michael Pineda. Pineda and the Twins, minus 180 favorites, plus 155 on Mize and the Tigers as underdogs there. The Brewers and the Cardinals. The Cardinals refuse to lose. Miles Michaelis will take the hill to try to keep this going, minus 115 on him. Hauser and the the Brewers, minus 105. Angels and the Rangers, minus 120 on the Rangers. Even money on the Angels if you want to endure that one. The Rays and the Astros. Rasmussen on the hill for the Rays. Garcia for the Astros. Minus 130 for the Astros as favorites. Plus 110 on the Rays as underdogs. In that one, another 810 Eastern, 510 Pacific is the Reds and the White Sox. Sonny Gray, Carlos Rodon. Rodon and the White Sox. Minus 190, plus 160 on Gray. And the Reds, 810 Eastern, 510 Pacific. We've got the Indians and the Royals. Zach Plesak for the Indians. Daniel Lynch. For the Royals, minus 115 on the Indians, minus 105 on the Royals. Three late pitches we'll talk about a little bit later. Okay, and so what we have going on, we still have the NL West race. Uh, Dodgers and Giants play uh, later, not against each other, but they play later. Giants clinging to that two-game lead with five left to play in the NL West. And in the NL East, that Phillies-Braves game, that could be an elimination game tonight. If the Braves win tonight, it is donezo for the Philadelphia Phillies. They have a three-and-a-half game lead in the NL East. If they win tonight, it would be four-and-a-half with only four left to play, and that would be Katie Barr the door. As far as the AL wildcard, Yankees' win last night over the Blue Jays gives them a bit of a cushion now as the number one wildcard team, but there are still three-team and four-team tie scenarios. 
Yankees, two games clear of the Red Sox, who currently are in the number two position as they try to beat Baltimore tonight. Couldn't do it last night. But the Red Sox, Matt, only a half a game ahead of the Mariners. Is this really happening? Let's half, go Mariners. Half a game ahead of the Mariners, full game ahead of the Blue Jays. Athletics on the brink. They could be eliminated tonight. So, I mean, just the playoffs before the playoffs. Have to love that. And it's hard not to root for the Mariners. I mean, just it, they are by far, whenever you just look on paper and what yeah. they did, you know, well, not what they did, what they didn't do at the All-Star break, I should say. Whenever you look at that, I mean, it is, it's one of those where we say, okay, you know, this is just, it's a true kind of underdog, especially in the era of, and you've been, you know, beating this drum for a couple of years now, in the era of haves and have-nots, and especially in baseball where you can just spin and spin and spin and spin and spin if you want to. The Mariners chose not to go that direction, and here we are with, like, I mean, this is this is amazing right here when you just look at this on the screen, what we are actually going to get in the last week of baseball. And as you mentioned, this Blue Jays-Yankees game tonight where, not that I'm going to say that Brios is on the same level of Cole. However, if you wanted to have a matchup between yes. these two teams tonight, you would want it to be, you know, either Ray or Brios on the hill for the Jays going up against Cole, and we get that tonight. So, some pretty great action. And, of course, the big baseball news today, in case you missed it, Devin Williams, the Brewers' standout <laughs> setup man, broke his hand punching a wall in celebration of the Brewers' uh, NL Central title. He admits to having had some alcohol, and it looks like he's done, till the very least, the most that the best that this could work out for the Brewers is if they get to the World Series, they could have Devin Williams back. But not before that. That's how big of a deal that was. What a what a development for a team that, yes, does have Josh Hader as the closer, does have a couple other setup men um, that, that are certainly very good. But you can't have enough great arms in the postseason. And there will be a moment for the Brewers, if not more than one, where the announcers will say, well, they really could have used Devin Williams in this spot. And they won't have that. I can't imagine that's going to get brought up at all during no, the broadcasts. Not at no, all. No, not like every <laughs> single time we get to the seventh inning yeah. of every single game, and they're like, "Well, we're about to get to this Brewers bullpen," and you know, like that's going to only come up about oh. every single game, every single time. That is just yeah. a just a great job by Wyatt Tomchek, our PA on the show, finding that tweet for us today because the quote on there from from Devin is just fantastic. If I could take it back, I would. It's like, <laughs> yes. well, no, really, yes. no way. I, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. Yeah, Brandon Bell, by the way, of the of the Giants, who broke his thumb, you know, not in an embarrassing way uh, from a pitch, uh, his left thumb, he was put retroactively on uh, the IL, so he will be out 10 days, so the Giants could get him back theoretically just after the division series starts, assuming the Giants play in a division series, so 10 days from this past Monday. Another night, no football games, but a whole bunch of football news, Matt. We'll just go through some of them. James White out for the year. Uh, that's That came down today. How about tomorrow night? We'll do a full Thursday night preview, but the Bengals will be without, and this has huge survivor implications. The Bengals will be without wide receiver T. Higgins. They'll be without safety Jesse Bates and cornerback Chibode Awuzia. He's doubtful. Cornerback Trey Wayne's expected to make his season debut. So that's big. Uh, Titans, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, Bud Dupree, they all missed practice. They all might not be able to go. So those are huge uh, just from an AFC standpoint. Yeah, that the the Titans news is not great for us that went in and put Very in early, not great. early teaser legs. Now, here's the thing, though. 
in this in this matchup against the Jets, I mean, yeah. it, you could, in theory, turn around, hand off to Derrick Henry a million times and kind of squeak out a victory here. I'm okay with the teaser leg we've got, Kelly. I'm not like in panic mode, but if I had gone in on the seven or seven and a half or something like that, like I would be I would be looking to buy off at this point because it most likely, again, if this Titans team has aspirations of really making it deep in the playoffs, for a guy like Julio Jones, who one of the things that people always say, and I, you know, I try to I try to combat this, but it's probably just true with some guys like this whole injury prone thing or something. But like, look, last four seasons, it's very hard to, it's very hard to sit here and try and make excuses. Really. I mean, the guy just gets hurt a lot. He's mm-hmm. nicked up all the time. He's got something going on pretty much all the time. And then if both of these guys aren't going to play, you have to imagine they're probably going to hold them out. Right. I mean, like you, you get the jets this week. You think you can win this game, even with a couple of backup wide receivers and, and just tanning off to Derrick Henry a million times. I would assume my guess would be both don't go in this game. Yeah, this is what Ian Rappaport had to say about it today. He said, reported that Julio Jones is receiving treatment on a leg injury that is and that his status for Sunday is, quote, up in the air. Fellow star wideout A.J. Brown is already dealing with a hamstring injury that caused him to miss the majority of Tennessee's Week 3 win over the Colts. He could miss a week or two, according to Rappaport. What about the Cincinnati news? I'm asking for a friend about the Bengals and Survivor. What do you think about that? I mean... I think getting Trey Wayne's back is huge yeah. for that team. I think it's a really, I think it's really good. I, I think it's a, a very, very good position for them to be in right now. I, I'm not worried really about that game either. The Jags have been so inept, and if there was ever, and if there was ever a, another opportunity for them to kind of show the ineptness here, short week road game against a defense that is actually, which you know this will whenever we talk about this game a little bit later. But I mean, the, the Spingles defense is again. Short season. Yeah. The the advanced statistics back up what we've seen on the field so far. Isn't that the with story with, with both of us, with the Titans and the Bengals, though? You said it's 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 they really have favorable opponents this yeah. week with these injuries. For the for the news that they've got going on. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a it's a really and from the defensive standpoint, listen, it's Jags just can't do can't do anything right. And, you know, look. They've they've come out and said it. Though. We got to figure something out. You know, like they're literally saying, like we got we got to figure something out because we're not doing this. <laughs> we're not doing this right. So short week, road game. I'm not really sweating it again. Maybe the seven and a half, but again, I, as, as teaser legs and or survivor something like that. I, I'm not sweating it. All here's the here's the NFC headlines. Those were the AFC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Richard Sherman inks a one year deal that was I guess expected, but Rob Gronkowski with ribs. Jamel Dean his knee. Giovanni Bernard with an MCL sprain. None of those guys practicing. Bruce Arians said he'd update all those injuries as the week progresses. And then with the Bears and Matt Nagy, the quarterback situation, he says uh, that they expect both Andy Dalton and his knee injury and Justin Fields, who had the hand injury, on the practice uh, practice field today. That did happen. Andy's the number one, he said. Justin's the number two. Starter will be sorted out when he has a clear injury picture. Does it really matter? It it doesn't. Lombardi I think the, and I had a brief exchange about this yesterday. If I'm fading the Bears, I kind of want Justin Fields still. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Like, I mean, that's the only thing I think for me that would have been where I would have been scared about having any sort of conviction on the lines would have been if they said they were going to put Foles out there. Right. I, I mean, think we, he's probably the better of the three. I'm surprised that was taken off the table. Yeah. Is he just not going to play at all? I don't know. I don't It is a weird situation. I, I don't Like, if, if Fields is healthy enough to go, he has to go. In my in my in my opinion, he has to go. What's what, what's the point? 
Well, like, I, don't I think know. because he of what you saw last week. Yeah. I mean, I understand it's a good defense, but like he looked very, very, very outmatched at the NFL level right now. He did. It's hard to get past that. Yeah. Nine sacks, four and a half at the hands of Miles Garrett. We'll come back. We did this uh, last week. We might end up doing this every week. The last, until until it's resolved, the last winless team odds. All the candidates, their associated odds next on VEASAN's Primetime Action. You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Back on primetime action, Gil met Kelly, five undefeated teams in the National Football League left. Uh, Raiders, Broncos, in case you were wondering, Panthers, Rams, Cardinals. There's also three winless teams left, and we can bet on who's going to be the last one of them to be winless. And here are your candidates, courtesy of DraftKings. The Jets, the Lions, the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Colts. I believe you had that with the Colts, at least being bearish on them this year, Matt. Uh, those are the odds, though. On the screen, plus 175 for the Jets. You see their upcoming schedule. Plus 250 on the Lions. 3-1 to one on the Jaguars. 4-1 to one on the Giants. Plus 750 on the Colts. And if you look at those schedules, you do see that the Colts have a Texans game third. So three games from now. Probably why they're the plus 750, because it's sort of the, uh, the bingo square in this to get out of this. No one else... I don't know if any of these other games, if any of these teams are going to be favored in any of their other games. And I think I'm, I think I'm correct about that. Yeah. May, not, not even the Jets and the Falcons, probably. We'll see how the Falcons fare this week against Washington before we say that. But really, there's not a game for any of those four teams in the next four weeks anyway where they'll be favored. Who do you think here? It's the Giants, right? It's got to be the, the Giants. Like if you're making a bet, the Giants are the bet. It's the the Giants are the bet. It's four, That's to four one. good defenses they're going up against, right. right? And so the what is the gigantic weakness of this Giants team right now? It's putting points on the board. It's like getting any sort of offensive, uh, any sort of offensive momentum going whatsoever. And like you're getting the Saints, Cowboys, Rams, and Pan. I mean, like again, I, I I keep looking at this Cowboys team, and I'm wondering if this is just like smoke and mirrors. And it, it looks like it's not. It looks like Dan Quinn has come in and he has changed how they are going to run this defense. And despite the fact that you know, look, they. They've taken their first-round draft pick, who's a lot, middle linebacker, right. and go, hey, you're going to go play defensive end. And, like, he's doing it well. I mean, like, it's so – it's these are just things that I – little things that I honestly think that he's just probably much more suited to be, a, like, a coordinator, defensive coordinator, than he was to be a head coach. And him being able to focus just on one thing – has really has really worked out. I mean, we know the Saints have a good defense. We know the Rams have a good defense. And this Panthers team, again, we'll find out here over the next couple of weeks. But again, the the again the advanced statistics again tell us that at least it's a at least it's a much much better defense than we thought. It's probably not the best defense in football like we're like we're seeing. But I mean, it's uh, as far as you know rankings and different things like that. But it's certainly probably a you know a t- upper half unit. And if you're going up against this you're going up against this Giants offense the way they are right now, I, four to one. Kelly, just making sure on this upcoming schedule that these are the next four weeks. Because right. I'm going to make next, next four, four weeks. weeks yes. So there's no buys involved. Correct. Okay. Uh, that would matter, obviously, because that truly is the free bingo square. I, th- I think it is probably the Giants at that number. But, I mean, it's hard to, be- it's hard to bet the Jaguars and think you're going to lose this anytime soon either. Yeah. Like, I-, I would almost bet the Jaguars and say, oh, you, you clever little Giants betters, watch this. Because who are the who are the Jaguars beating? If again, if they uh, 
The Bengals are about as, as short of a line as they're going to get here on the road. Yeah. And as far as their home games, I mean, it's not going to be that much shorter. Certainly if the Titans had some rash of injuries, right, I guess continue. Ton, yeah, a ton of injuries. But, I mean... I would much I would much rather bet the Giants or the Jags than any of the, either of those. Top. Let's put it this way: I think the Lions are going to win this week, so well, I, I mean, certainly they, right, wouldn't bet they're them. They're a two and a half point dog. Yeah, I mean, if we just look at this week, I mean, that, let alone you got to kind of cross them off the list just because they're a two and a half point dog right now at the Bears. And the Jets play some D, I guess. And we just went over what the I mean the Titans injuries at least what they're looking at this week. If they're out without their two star receivers, I don't even want to start talking this into fruition, but uh, you know, it's, let's talk this into truth. Right. I mean, <laughs> it's a race to the bottom between the Jets and the Jags and the Texans, but the Texans already have the win. So yeah. like they're they're not on the list. I mean, it's it's a race to the bottom between those two teams. I mean, those three teams, but yeah, I mean the Jags like it, they're going to be they're going to be dogs in every single game. Jags don't get the Texans till what, week 15? So that really doesn't come into play here. Yeah. I don't know. Jags or Giants for me. I just wouldn't want to lay the plus 175 or, or, or just get the short shot of the Jets there. Me, me neither. Yeah. It's amazing. What a brutal what a brutal market this is. Yeah, week 15 is when they get the Texans again. Here's the question. Can we flash that up one more time? Because here, Here's another question. This isn't the, the bet here, but I'm just curious what you think about this. What's the latest we're going to go with four winless teams? Like, in other words. Wait, so pop that up, Kelly. Hold on a second. Yeah, Jags do have a buy. That yeah, the Jags do that. have a buy. So that's what I was. That's what I was asking before. We 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 put up upcoming schedule next four games, but that's not the bet here. The bet is who's going to last the the longest winless. So buys matter, and so with the buys, it is a free bingo square, and it and it sort of, you know, games the game in your favor, if you will. Or then the Jags are definitely the bet. Then yeah, right, yeah. Dash Wild was seven and a half point dogs yeah. this week. They will be dogs to the Titans, though. Maybe not even, maybe not even as big as they are this week if these if these injuries hold for the Titans. But uh, yeah, they're the bet though, because then there's then there's the buy. Yep, yep, the buy matters. Jags, it is. That's the bet because you just get to sit back and watch other teams try to win. So Jags three to one. I think we've solved. Uh, solved, there it is. solved we solved this. That was a quick one. We solved yeah. it. All right, we're gonna we got do, that one done. We're gonna do last uh, last undefeated team tomorrow. Yeah, we could do that. All right, let's do that. Let's do that tomorrow. Um, some of the other news, Gil, that yes. I think is is pretty interesting, and this was one of the things that why I was saying, you know, if, if you watch this, you know, I'm pretty bearish long term on on the Ravens, but I'm pretty bullish on them this week. I thought that line was incredibly too short this week. Went ahead and 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 hit that a couple of different times in a couple of different ways, even, and you know, all of all that, all this, you know. Watch box score watching, and you know people seeing. Oh, it took a you know sixty-six yard field goal for them to win. All that. they were without five starters in that game. You know they were without five different starters in that game, and three of those guys were out because and three of the guys were out because of COVID. One was a, a heavy rotation guy that was out because of COVID as well. He's not technically a starter, but was you know gets in the rotation pretty heavily. So four guys that get meaningful playing time that were out because of COVID. They got those guys all back this week for this Ravens team, and then also. They got Rashad Bateman and Boykin back today at practice off of IR. So those guys are both eligible to uh, to play this week as well, so long as they don't you know have any setbacks or, or whatever. So now you go from this super, super thin receiving core that was one of the incredible weaknesses of this team to getting back who, you know, 
Gil loves Bateman. I like I liked him too for sure. I think you know an opportunity here with what we've seen from with what we've seen from Hollywood Brown, like Bateman has a chance to just kind of come in and take over and be the alpha in this, in in this offense, like right away for as far as wide receivers go. I mean, no one's ever been sold on, on Hollywood Brown as being a a number one wide receiver. And so I, I think that's some pretty significant news here this week. And again, they're still short dogs against this Broncos team that has played. You do what you, you can only play the teams in front of you. Yep. We've said that, and they took care of business. They and, did. I, and, and and that's there's something to be said for that. But they played nobody. They played nobody. And I, I again, I'll say it. Those, my first reaction on guessing lines was Lions and Ravens, and nothing has dissuaded me from that thus far as the week has progressed. You know, look, you Giants, Jags, Jets, about as soft an opening as you're going to get. You got what you you know you you did what you had to. You went out there and and, and you pummeled them. However. Now you get the Ravens who are going to blitz Teddy Bridgewater all the time. And now we're going to see what Teddy is actually made out of, too. And let's not forget, down two wide receivers now with Judy out and K.J. Hamler out. So down two receivers going into a team that's going to be blitzing him all over the place as well. So now it's going to be what can Cortland Sutton do and a whole bunch of guys that are having to fill in and play bigger roles now that they were having, than they were going to have to play, at least they thought, coming into the season. So... It's a much, much different scenario for the Ravens from what we saw last week and a much, much different scenario for the Broncos from what we've seen even the first three weeks here, not from a competition standpoint and from an available player standpoint. I would not be shocked if the Broncos from 3-0 and go to 3-3. and I wouldn't, and I know they're playing Pittsburgh. I just think that they are, we don't know very much about this football team quite yet, but I love the Ravens getting all those players back. This week at Denver, a hampered Denver team as well, as you mentioned. By the way, back to that last winless team market. The Jets, Kelly, have a buy in in week six, and the Jaguars have a buy in week seven. Just to clarify, the upcoming weeks of those teams that are involved, who has buys? So I, w- I would still bet the Jaguars, but that, that just wanted mm-hmm. yeah. wanted to clarify that. Uh, we do have a baseball score and a game of significance. Blue Jays on the board first tonight. Ooh, uh, a two run shot for Marcus Simeon off Garrett Cole. And the Blue Jays are up two to nothing, bottom of the first. So that's bad for Garrett Cole's Cy Young candidacy. If you're holding a Robbie Ray ticket, yeah. you're like, yes, that was huge. And Toronto, obviously, more important, a game behind the Red Sox for that last wild card position heading into tonight, and uh, three behind the Yankees for number one. So the Blue Jays really need this win, and that is an understatement. But they're on the board first. Cy Young odds currently in the American League. Robbie Ray, this at DraftKings minus one ninety five. Garrett Cole plus one fifty. It is a mano a mano. And uh, not a good start for Garrett Cole, ticket holders there, but a good one for Robbie Ray. National League, also really a mano a mano between Max Scherzer and Corbin Burns, though there are some who believe Walker Bueller is still in this, even though the betting market suggests he is not at 18 to 1. So, 18 to 1 at DraftKings, anyway. Um, I don't know. Zach Wheeler. I saw something from Keith Law today. He said if he had a vote, he'd vote for Zach Wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and he put a bunch of advanced stats in there that, yeah. that, that backed up his position. Yeah. He also likes Juan Soto for NL MVP, but that's, you know, that's another No, I should have put, liked Wheeler. Oh, yeah, he did. But then he said <laughs> if you're not voting for Wheeler, you go Soto. Right? He liked Wheeler for MVP, too. We're coming back on Vason's Primetime Action. You are looking live at Primetime Action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Make this football season your best sports betting season ever. Start your VEASAN free trial today to get full access to our sports betting experts, including 24-7 video streaming, daily best bet emails, betting splits with the money and ticket percentages on every game, plus full access 
The VEASAN.com data and analysis. You get everything VEASAN has to offer for only $22 per month. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. NL MVP watch. Juan Soto one for three thus far on the day in Colorado. Uh, that in the bottom of the fifth. And Bryce Harper 0 for 1 in Atlanta with a strikeout as the Braves take their hacks at the bottom of the first. By the way, Red Sox up on the Orioles as well, one to nothing. So Jay's up two to nothing over the Yankees. Red Sox up over the Orioles, one to nothing early in both. But if those scores were to hold, the big three-way or four-way ties are still very much a possibility. Some of the other stuff that probably, one that probably shouldn't affect how you really go about handicapping a game and one that I think, Probably affects how the long term of the team a little bit more than people realize. Uh, so, Daryl Henderson was back at practice today for the Rams. Sean McVay said he the expectation and and anticipation is that he'll play, but he can't say a hundred percent for sure. I don't think that changes all that much in the way that you look at the Rams. That being said, you know, getting the guy that at least has the experience and the reps back in there should only help that team. But uh, as we feared, and we talked about this a little bit. Yesterday, but James White is out for the season for the Patriots there. And again, a safety blanket for a rookie quarterback. That's what we were kind of talking about with Mac Jones, about the situation for him was so good, right? They go out and they invest in the two tight ends. Where do tight ends run their routes and what do they do? Closer to the line of scrimmage, you know, doing little things that can help out a quarterback. Having a guy like James White back there who is a very good pass catching back coming out of the backfield also very underrated in pass protection as well. He is a really, really good pass protector. And now he's going to be out for this Patriots team. And it starts to, you start to kind of pull back the layers of the onion here of the Patriots team. And you start to wonder like, mm, now that bucks and yeah, the soft landing spot with Texas, but then Cowboys, there's chargers coming up, Panthers, Browns. It could be a lot of losses racking up here between now and week 10 for this, for this Patriots team. Speaking of the Patriots, let me just ask you this. I asked this of Michael Lombardi, uh, earlier this morning on the radio side, are you surprised that there's no market whatsoever for Cam Newton? Like that we've completely forgotten about him. I am not at all. I'm not either. Because but I think it's worth bringing up because yeah, like he's just gone. Be, because he's not Lamar Jackson, but you have to run a different type of offense with him, right? So like, if it was a guy like Lamar Jackson, you would take on the risk of having to change your style of offense because he's so electric running the ball and so electric with the, what he can do and kind of ad-libbing and all that, that you would, you, you, it'd be worth it. That and you build for the future, right? Right. You can't, you can't overhaul your entire team to get what, two or three years out of Cam Newton like that. Well, at best, right? And and if you sign him, we're going to assume it's a team with a young quarterback that's not good for the young quarterback to have Cam hovering over you. So it's just, now, truth serum. If you gave Cam the old truth serum and said before the season, hey, do you think if you got cut from this team that you would have problems finding a job elsewhere? He'd probably be like, no, I'd find a job in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. But he is like, no one, no one even considers it, apparently, for all the reasons stated. And then there's Deshaun Watson, and nothing's going to change there either, apparently. Well, was Jay Glazer today, said today, yeah. Jay Glazer put out a thing, to, like a little cryptic thing today that said, be on the, be on the lookout. Okay, Jay. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's basically. Right. I think that's all he said. I, the the what I I think I read on Pro Football Talk with the the thought is that they think Houston's lowered their asking price for Deshaun mm. Watson and it's gotten the Dolphins and other teams actually yeah. engaged. Yeah, I don't know if y'all dogs. watch the pregame shows because I don't, I do and, and I certainly no. don't have the 
the sound on, right? Because I'm still, you know, prepping, going like basically right up until kickoff. And so I guess on his hit that he does every Sunday, Glazer said that, you know, they weren't even returning phone. You know, the whole thing was that at first they weren't even returning phone calls on, on Watson. Well, then he said on Sunday that now that has changed. They are at least engaging in talks with people for, for Deshaun Watson. And then today he puts out this thing that said, you know, keep an eye on this hashtag scoopage or whatever or something like that, you know, that basically hinting at that maybe something is coming I have a hard from time. this whole Deshaun Watson he, situation. Listen, Jay Glazer has broken a lot of stories. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe there maybe what he's saying has some basis to it. But it's so hard to imagine because of obviously twenty two pending suits, right? The fact that there hasn't been that, you know, that hasn't been resolved. And then there's the NFL layer of this again where Roger Goodell has carte blanche to do whatever he wants to do, no matter what happens when that finally gets adjudicated. So even if he's cleared of everything, Roger Goodell could still come in and say, you know what, uh, still half a season, goodbye. Yeah, and I mean, from a, you know, from a, from our standpoint, right? Like, so we're looking at this, and I think what this definitely shows us 100% now. I mean, so we do not have to worry if you're worried about Texans futures tickets and things and stuff like that. Like we now 100% don't have to worry about them putting him in there and then really like mucking that whole situation. Yeah. Yeah. So that's at least we're from a betting standpoint, we feel pretty good about that. If if it looks like they're, and I think just from an organizational standpoint, you have to look at this and like you're saying with, with everything that's going on, I would almost be at the point now where anything is better than us getting to the summer, this get, coming to a head, that they have to cut him from optic standpoint, get absolutely nothing out of it. If somebody else wants the headache, I, you, whatever it was, something stupid, or they reporting in the summer they wanted three first round. Like, like that's never going to happen. But take a two for him or something, like a two and a five or whatever. Like get something in return as, as opposed to like getting to the summer and going, oh, this has gotten horrible. Yeah. We can't have this looming over our team. We right. have to cut him, cut get absolutely cut. nothing for him. You know, get something back. No, you're right. And that, and that leverage changes pretty quickly after like mm-hmm. the half season mark this year. Yeah. But I think they could still eke a first out of it. But I don't know. I mean, meanwhile, he just, he doesn't practice. He doesn't, uh, he's not on the sidelines during games. He just isn't. Yeah. So, and I mean, people keep bringing up the the Dolphins is like the you know Dolphins, 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 Dolphins. Like, are, are we are we giving up? Have we given up on Tua? After? That that would signal that. Like, so I'm not sure they want to do it, that. It's like, have we given up on Tua after seven, six NFL starts or seven NFL starts? Like, right. it's it's a. I mean, it's not the Cam. That's what's so interesting. We talked about Cam Newton. The Cam Newton thing is you're not good enough to distract us from yeah. what we're doing. The Deshaun thing is you actually are good enough, mm-hmm. but if we're Denver, Teddy's playing great. Yep. If we're Carolina, we just had Sam Darnold. Oh, by the way, we're 3-0. and If you're Miami, it's like, yeah, I don't know that we're ready to give up on the Tua thing yet. So I don't know where you, you know, who else is out there that's like, right, quarterback we'll, needy. Yeah. We'll, we'll make this for next year. I mean, Washington, perhaps. That's I mean, a great point, though, when you think back to, like, the teams that were, you know, really linked to being in the running. Sure, sure, yeah. Miami and Washington were, but, like, Denver and Carolina were right up there. What? Like, they're 3-0 and without them. Like, I, you know, yeah. we just went over the Broncos schedule. Yes, they've played some easy teams, but, like, you can't possibly be sitting there in Denver or Charlotte regretting not trading for them right now. Like, you're, you're no. here 3-0 and without them. The only, the only, <laughs> the only team where if they made the move and assumed the risk, I would almost be like, okay, it's worth it, would be like the Steelers. Because they have a defense that is good enough to keep you in most games, 
and if you honestly think you can win, he would be a dude that could change the the entire viewpoint of that team. But but both with, with Pittsburgh and Washington, both which we're sort of talking ourselves into, those, those might be the most logical places. Both Pittsburgh and Washington have off the field histories right. of misogynistic things yep. happening, and mm-hmm. so the optics on that would be awful. It would before that gets adjudicated. So you can't. I really thought about that side. Yeah, you're so right. Like I, you, can't, I don't think you can. But it, but it's it's so it is crazy to think like the way Matt just brought that up. Like you're you're theoretically the Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger still exists, and you could make the statement that the Steelers are a quarterback away from a good team. You know what I mean? Like that's how far Ben Roethlisberger's fallen. Like that's fair. But I, I, you're right, Gilly. I, I don't. I don't think. I don't think any of those either yeah. of those teams could bring him in just because of that stuff. Shall we uh, glance at the NFC West uh, real quick? NFC West odds, just because you know, best division in football. We still think from top to bottom. I think that's a consensus mm-hmm. opinion. Uh, these are the current odds in all kinds of markets for. The National Football Conference Western Division. The Rams even money to win the division. This courtesy of DraftKings. Niners plus 275. Cardinals plus 450. Seahawks bring it up the rear now at plus 650. But look at those season win totals. 11 and a half. 11 and a half both for the Rams and Niners. 10 and a half for the Cardinals. 9 and a half for the Seahawks. And there are your S-Nos. And there are your Super Bowl stuff. We have better. Uh, we got in on the Rams when the, when the getting was good. Yeah. Well, you you better than others. Four to win to win the NFC. Eight to one to win the Super Bowl. Anything there? I, I can't. I yeah. couldn't do it. You know, I, I just, for me, I'm I'm so invested in the Rams that it is anyway. I think the only thing that's fairly interesting to me is the the no 130 on the Seahawks. That defense is pathetic. Like, that defense is horrible. And so, unless you think that they're just going to score 80% of the time that they have the ball, right. I mean, like, the no only the 130 there is, is pretty interesting on the Seahawks. That's what we were talking about, some of those yes-no playoff odds in the past couple of days. That's where I was saying that Seahawks mm-hmm. one. I mean, you're, la- you're dead last in the division, and you're still only minus 130 to miss it. Like, I think that has to be a little attractive. Braves have taken the lead over the Phillies, which is not good news for the Philadelphia Phillies, who could be eliminated tonight. One to nothing, Atlanta first and third. Still just one out as the Braves try to add on to that. We'll come back, more football. We'll update some uh, baseball games at the top of the hour. And Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus joins us. It's VEASAN's primetime action. with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit VSIN.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every single game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for money line over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits, yet another way that VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits that splits for every game. At VEASAN.com. It's Gil Alexander, Matt Brown, and Kelly Bidlin on Primetime Action. Uh, let me correct myself on one thing. Uh, I was saying that if the, the Braves beat the Phillies tonight, that that would be the end of the Phillies. Not exactly. That would mean that the Braves would have a four-and-a-half game lead um, with four games left for the Phillies and the Braves having to run out their schedule as well. If the Braves were to – so let's say the Braves won tonight – if the Braves were to lose out and the Phillies were to win out, that would trigger a makeup game on October 4th with the Braves playing the Rockies, a 162nd game 
that was postponed earlier at Coors, that would trigger that game. And if the Braves were to lose that game, then the Braves and the Phillies would be tied. I know this is very remote, right? (laughs) But I'm just saying, I just want to be clear uh, that I was wrong. It's not completely over tonight. It is more than likely over. But there would still be the slimmest of margins the slimmest of openings for the Phillies to actually get there. But but you made a good point off air, Matt, which is some books, and, and different books have different mm-hmm. rules on this. Sometimes you have to go 160 games. Some have a 162-game requirement yeah. for season wins. It'll be very interesting to see what they do with that. So, yeah, there's, there's some people out there who would be like, you know, lose there's, out. Yeah. I got to get that. There's like a good... I would imagine we're going to see a lot of good faith stuff if someone did do the 162 minimum yeah. and it wasn't canceled mm-hmm. because of because of a COVID thing or whatever, it was canceled because. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's rough. You're sitting here with what, five games, no, four games left, right, Gil? And there's like, there's technically a fifth game that's still in limbo. And like, you have no idea yet. It is, it is pretty wild. So the Blue Jays get another in the bottom of the second to go up three, nothing, five hits already off of Garrett Cole through two innings here, Gil, three earned off of Garrett Cole as well. So again, if you were, if you were rooting against him because you were holding a Cy Young ticket on anybody else, uh, good good start for you so far. Two innings, five hits, three earned given up by Garrett Cole. Yeah, and I'm I'm just doing this here on air too. Seven and nine Phillies. So, and in that scenario, getting back to my ridiculous Phillies and uh, and and Brave scenario, in that scenario, right now, if the Phillies win this game tonight, in that scenario. Excuse me. If the Braves win this game tonight, and then we have this thing where the Phillies would have to win out and the Braves would have to lose out, the game tomorrow night, where the Phillies in that scenario will actually have beaten the Braves, would be the determinant for home field advantage for the game for the NL East. So, if there is, if that's if that ridiculous scenario happens, if the Braves hang on tonight, it's, it's the second inning. But if the Braves were to win tonight, and then they were to lose out and the Phillies were to win out and then the Braves play that makeup game with Colorado, they lose that too. The game between the Phillies and Braves for the NL East would actually be in Philly because they will have won that head-to-head 10-9. Giants, by the way, have the home field if they end up tied with the Dodgers for a 163rd game, if you will, for the NL West. Giants clinging to the two-game lead in the NL West. So there you go. We just wanted to be clear. It is a, yeah. It's an exciting end of the season here with this stuff. That's it's for awesome. sure. And the AL wild card, remember? <laughs> that's still up in the air. The, the AL... Cardinals just clinched a wild card, and it's like, where did they come from? Uh, I mean, a month ago, they weren't even in the picture. So that's what I was asking Josh Towers. I had Josh Towers on, who's a former major leaguer who hosts Bet Center here at uh, VEASAN. I was trying to ask him, like, player-centric questions this morning, which is, okay, walk me through this. For, for candy capping for tonight, we do have some games that are starting at the top of the hour, but it's like, okay, you're the Cardinals. You've clinched the wild card now. You can't win the division. You can't do anything else. The rest of the games are meaningless. Do you care about your 17-game winning streak? Like, does that is that a motivating factor for you? The other mm-hmm. one was, take the Padres. The Padres who are done, been done, sub-500, one of the most disappointing, if not the most disappointing team in baseball. Do they care, Josh, if when they're playing the Dodgers, like to have some influence? Like, oh, we'd like to see those guys have to play a one-game wild card. Or are they already thinking about their trip to Cancun? And there was one more, which which had to do with, you know, the uh, other sort of player centric scenario, which which uh, revolved specifically um, around the. Let me get this right because I remember this morning. Oh yeah, the uh, the Red Sox and playing the Orioles. Like, here's a team that has everything to play for. And the Red Sox, the Orioles have nothing to play for. Like, are the Red Sox sphincters tightening? Like, it's like, oh my God, this is the the most nerve wracking thing playing a team this loose. Anyway, the, the answers to all of them were like, he didn't think the Padres really cared. 
And he does think it's tough for the Red Sox to play the Orioles. And then when it, when it came to the Cardinals thing, it was kind of, he didn't really, he didn't really know. Yeah, I don't think he was committal on that. But, but it's fascinating. I think the Cardinals one's interesting to me because you know you're going to be going into playing that one game with that one game playoff. Yeah. I think I would, like most of the time I'd be like, nah, you guys take it easy, like get set for, for what could be a playoff run. But like if you're this hot right now, I would think you don't want to change a single thing until you at least get past that game. I, I guess is how I would treat it, but I don't I like. I don't think I'm making any lineup changes. Like going with everything that's been working to at least make sure you get past that past that wild card game and into into the playoffs. Really, just circling back here, guys. I, I, I looked up our friends over at DraftKings. Their their house rules on 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 mm-hmm. this stuff, and so they thought ahead in in all of this, and they said if a league or governing body declares a winner of a relevant market, regardless of season length. So if, if the Braves are crowned champions of the NL East, then doesn't matter. Like the, the whatever, regardless of season length, then that will be a winning and or losing yeah. bet uh, with that. And then as far as the regular season wins, and it's been so long, we didn't remember this, but they posted a number or percentage. I told you my my four that I played this off season were all percentages. Yeah. So because COVID was still yeah. And so theirs was a number or percentage. So essentially. Let's say it was Atlanta Braves over 93.5 wins or 57.7%. Yeah. So it was a number if it went all full, the full season length. So, but that, so the number, the win total is for a full 162? Yeah. So what we're looking at here is likely if the Braves don't have to play that final game, it'll just go to whatever the percentage was listed for them. So there, there is a, okay. it, you're, you're, best, you're not going to get screwed out of yeah. winning your, your, your best. Just have, so just as an example, my, my under on the Rangers was. Four two five, they're at three six five now, right? They're going to go under. My under on the Orioles was at a winning percentage of three of uh, of three ninety five. They're at three twenty one. The uh, over on the Blue Jays was five forty. They're five fifty eight. So they get a win tonight. That's a clincher. And the one that was the bad one was the Twins. I got them at five fifty. I went over five fifty. They're at four forty two. So they were the real, you know. Man, horrible one in the bunch. These books were like smart for thinking of this yeah. stuff, without a doubt. But let's get back to the let's get back to regular win totals, yeah. please, because like I, the 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 phrase of like, hey Gil, how's your winning percentages look? Bro? Yeah, like it's like, it's it's like so wait, different. what? Like, what, what are we talking about? <laughs> Can you show these the evolve, the evolving postseason odds for the St. Louis Cardinals? Just to give you an idea, what a seventeen game win streak does to betting odds. August eighth, August eighth. I mean, that's not long ago. Their their postseason postseason odds were one point three percent. Week later, five point eight percent, and then September first, it was still five point six percent. September eighth, for goodness sake, it was four point seven percent, and that's about the time I, I went on and said, you know, you can get the Cardinals to get in the playoffs. They're like two and a half out at that point. You get up at twelve to one. Does anybody we, want them? We were and, doing it like fifteen to one around that yeah, point. On and, yes, no odds. And all my analytics guys were like, nah, they have no offense. Although to compare that, fifteen to one at four point seven percent, it's probably you're probably getting a short number. But, but it was so interesting because they were in the mix, but their odds were so different than anybody else's. And now look, September nineteenth, seventy three point five percent, and today they are clinched. It's a hundred percent. They're in seventeen game winning streak. Be awesome if they had a uh, twenty two game winning streak headed into or twenty one, whatever it is, twenty two. I think headed into the postseason. To play, I mean, and that, that's kind of like we talked about it from their perspective. But too, like if you're if you're the Dodgers or the Giants. And you just went through this season, and you're going to finish with one of the best records in baseball, have to play this wild card game. 
Like, I'd this one-off game, you'd rather, like, wouldn't you be a little bit more scared about playing a team that's rolling in, having won 19 straight or whatever, you know, whatever it would be in that situation? I think so. But, I mean, if you're the Cardinals, you just want to rest dudes tonight and the next night. I mean, who knows? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's what I'm trying to get at. Do they care that they have a 17-game winning streak? Like, as awesome as that is, they, the you know, 20 by the A's at the, at the early part of the century, 22 by the Tribe in 2017. Those are pretty unbelievable marks. They could match that 22, by the way. Mickey Mantle about to uh, go to the plate in Colorado. <laughs> the uh, we, Obviously, it's an incredible, incredibly huge game for the Blue Jays because it's heads up with the Yankees. Have them again tomorrow night as well. Mm-hmm. But I think it's, it's it's worth pointing out. They they close out with three games against the Orioles, which we said have been feisty. Feisty. But they just don't win very often. That, so, is, that is correct. Yes. When I so, check the standings, yes. you are correct. So uh, they do close out there, whereas the Red Sox uh, do get this game tonight with the Orioles, another one with the Orioles tomorrow night. But then they go, they they close out with the, with the Nats and like, you know, a much better, a much better team than the Orioles overall. So it will be, uh, it will be quite interesting here. But if you are a Blue Jays fan, Getting this start, at least you've got through three from Barrios. This is why you go and you pick up a guy like this. Uh, no hitting the Yankees through three. Yeah. We were going to preview the games at 5.05, None of them are real consequence, but maybe we'll talk to, talk about them uh, after the break. We'll certainly update all the scores. A lot of games of import. Juan Soto at the plate trying to improve on his one for three thus far at Coors. Coming back on VEASAN's primetime action. Eric Eager joins us next. <laughs> 